You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. We're live. This is The Human Condition. I'm Vince Orlando. I'm Sean Davis. And, uh, you know, an hour, an hour never seems like enough for the, the things that we cover, so we're just we're going to hop right in. Um, start us off, yeah, brother. The, start us off. I think it's important. So you made a valid point before we came in today in that what we've been discussing for the first four episodes have been psychological conditions, patterns of what we might view as sickness or dysfunction. This is no different. The victim mindset, this is a uh, psychological dysfunction where a person or the mind rather seeks to seeks victimization so that they can deny themselves responsibility. And, um, put them into a state to where they're morally unchallenged because they've been victimized. It's, it's a, it's a difficult psychological condition because in some form or fashion, most of us have been victimized, right? Most of us perpetuate that victimization before before we ever hit an age to where we can decipher our behavior, the psychological patterns, where they come from, why do we act the way we do? Typically, it takes some form of trauma to, to even evaluate, evaluate yourself to that extent. But the victim mindset is a tough one because if you have been victimized and you can validate the victim mindset, how do you convince yourself or another person that, well, you're not a victim anymore. You were, you might've been a victim under those circumstances, but as soon as you move past that, as soon as you're out of the, the immediate circumstances of victimization, you're no longer a victim. And if you choose to remain stuck, it's a definite choice. It's a, it's a tough one. You know, and even just stating that probably going to get some backlash. You know what I mean? It, it's because I, I I could stand up for my victimization any day of the week. Back, I remember back in L.A., a girlfriend of mine uh, were driving, and I used to get super bad road rage because the world was against me. Right, right. It, it, if you cut me off, you meant to do that shit. You're saying fuck you to me, fuck you, and blah blah blah. The back and forth starts in my head. It wasn't with that person because that person was going about their day. But I remember her looking at me saying, "Why are you so angry?" And I turned that back on her, like "fuck you." Fuck you. I'm not angry. I'm not yeah. angry. That motherfucker did it. Because in my head, I was just victimized, right? Not consciously thinking victimization, but that's that's how I internalized everything. Right. The world's against me. So society plays off being a victim, you know? And a lot of us, uh, you know, at work this week, we were talking about it because I brought it up. And... um you know, if you have any form of trauma, substance abuse disorder, any form of addiction, um, you're not going to recover if you are stuck in the victim mentality. It's not possible. You, it's not possible to recover. And so what we were talking about is how I go from being a victim, all right, I'm in victim mode, and my victim mode is justifying my decision-making, my poor behavior. It allows me to continue to use. It continues. 
I'm allowed to just stay stuck in my addiction and my alcoholism without moving forward because I'm still playing the victim. Mm -hmm. I need sympathy. I need this victimization because I can't. It feeds you. It feeds me. It feeds you. And it feeds my behavior. And as now long as I'm in pain, it. I can get sympathy. Mm -hmm. I can I can pull that cord and it allows me to stay in the victim experience. And s social media has really supported victim culture. Right. And so we were talking about it, to, not today, the other day, was how do I change a victim experience and switch it into wisdom? You know, rather than labeling myself as a victim, I absorb the experience um, like getting cut off. Mm-hmm. So basic happens basic, to everyone. Basic cut off. Someone cuts me off. I'm flipping the bird. I'm, you know, I'm I'm driving up next to him. I gotta. I'm angry. Instead, you know what I do is when I get cut off, I might for a second or two wanna it's in, it's in there that that <laughs> it, that emotion it pisses you off but i switch it to i too have cut someone off in my life you stop judging right so i remove it and just take that on as this was just the experience i'm going to have to always learn the quicker that i go from victim mentality into taking that experience and finding the wisdom in it and finding the lesson of what I needed to be taught um, is going to be beneficial, you know. And we even got even like into a bigger concept that narcissism disorder. Oh man, you know, if you're a narcissist, the world needs to revolve around me. I am constantly in victim mode. It's all ego. And they were even talking about that, like the narcissistic disorder is so extremely hard to break well think about it i mean so we're egocentric from the time we're born right we have to be that is the human experience you're born the world has to revolve around you for that that brief period of time until you're able to fend for yourself in america in the pop culture bubble which we've addressed and and i i swear it's a disease but in the pop culture bubble you're you're kept a child for for very long periods of time. I mean, it, it, you're not really expected to fend for yourself. You got to rely on your doctor for this. You have to rely on the government for this. You have to rely on uh, your husband or your wife for this. You have to rely on your children for this. It's um, it's not designed for us to free ourselves from that line of thinking. It's a fear based line of thinking. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist whatsoever, because if you think about it, if if you sit around contemplating potential conspiracies all day, how, what better way to allow yourself to be a victim, right? Because I'm not responsible for the things that happen outside of me, right? I've been victimized right. by I've been victimized by poverty. I've been victimized by my father. I've been vic in my head, and then you stay stuck there. Now that becomes your story. And when you tell your story, you expect sympathy for that story. Right? right, as long as I can get it because I need the sympathy because 
it'll validate because me. oh look I at need this. the validation right you know and but that know, was on your point of uh of narcissism right it's an egocentric society all, it's all it's all ego you know it's all it all stems in the ego um you know america from when we're born competition is huge I'm, you know, if I'm comparing myself to others, I'm already training myself to have a victim mentality. This person has this, you know, um, entitlement, you know, even like we were talking about how even for the wealthy and the entitled, their victimization is even different. If you ever see someone who's wealthy or entitled lose their privilege, man, they just blow up. It, it, it's almost like a scene, like it's almost shocking to see someone wealthy and entitled lose their privilege for whatever reason. Now they go right into victim mode, like my status well, is... It's everything, everything you were... Right. What you created or what society created and then you perpetuated what gave you value as a human being, it was all placed outside of you. It was all placed outside of you. So when things work in contradiction to the way you feel things should be, that's your attachment to this ego-driven um, mindset, when they act in opposition to the way you feel it should be, you feel victimized because – you know, I, I, I grew up poor, right? We talked about it. We grew up. So in America, that's not real poverty, right? I, I didn't miss meals. We still got to eat. You know, right. there were nights where maybe we didn't get what we wanted. And even if we were wearing clothes out of Goodwill drop boxes, we still wore clothes. We still got educated. We, we still learned how to read. For the most part, poverty in America, it's not like poverty in other places where you could not eat for three days and then wind up dead as a child. Right. It's not like that. But for the longest- Some places it is, though. I mean, some- It's possible. You know, it, it is. I mean, poverty in America, it's- it has different. It's a different kind of poverty. Yeah, because what it's I'm saying was, wherever you go, I wasn't fending for my life. Well, I was. You know, I grew up in a rough neighborhood where death could. It was possible. You know what I mean? People were getting shot. People were getting. But that's that's not the 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 shame that I felt for being poor in America. It allowed me to feel victimized. I right. felt victimized by poverty because I was taught that it should be this other way. Look at all these people with all these things, and you're worthless unless you aspire to these th or unless you achieve these things. Aspirations mean nothing, right? Right. You need to match society, right? And, so if and, I'm not matching society, I'm automatically going to be in victim mode because you can go back and say, "Well, I was born poor, so it's not right. my fault." Right. Look at what I had to come I'm, through. I'm, I'm victimized because I haven't reached my the goals that someone else has set for me. You know, I have I have excuses. I can get pity, and then I can stay stuck. And you can fall back on something and, that you know, literally is true. Yes, and, I, I grew and up And when poor. people start validating and justifying your victimization, then you're even more stuck. You're going to stay stuck. And like know. attracts like. So we find those people. Right. It's some conscious, subconscious. In the, the definition that we posted on our, our page going into this, it says where a uh, your mind seeks um, – 
seeks to be victimized, I think that's a strong word because I, I think seek in seeking in the way I understand seeking, it requires a semblance of conscious thought, right? So it's a subconscious drive. It's a program drive and it's comfortable in victimization. If, if you can say, well, the things that rational- happened to me aren't my fault. I can still rationalize my bad behavior. All the all the time. I can, yeah, I can rationalize it and then I can, you know, have an excuse. I've built I have a built in excuse. And and aren't we in the human human beings want excuses. We want the least path of resistance. And, you know, in all fairness, um, that victim mindset, it, it, it does lessen the suffering to a certain degree. Now you don't have to feel so bad about it. You know, there was a time, and I believe that time still exists, where people are embarrassed to admit when they've been victimized, and that'll keep you a victim because you keep it bottled up and you can't speak about it. Now it's kind of flipped with social media in that being a victim is, is kind of a cool thing in social media, and and people are so quick to lash out and, and uh, support. It, it, is, it is insanity, but... I do think there's some importance in that people are able to come forward in a way that they haven't been in the past. Now it's got to find this happy medium because we're supporting victim. Victimization is real, right? When, when you're a kid, if you're abused, you didn't, you didn't agree to be born into this world. You didn't agree to be born into poverty. You didn't agree to be beaten. You didn't agree to none of that. You don't know any better. So that does happen. And and I know when we speak about something like this and we post in the way that we do and we try to break down the uh, psychological pattern of it, it's easy to take offense to that because if you've been victimized, you can easily say, well, fuck you. That's easy for you to say because I, you know, but that's all right, victim. Mi- right. That's all victim mindset. You know, I think I wasn't really, really big on uh, getting sympathy or um, verbally speaking out about my victimization, you know, in my life. But I, um, man, I, I shackled myself in my brain and in my mind. I, I mean, I was shackled head to toe with just the victimhood. And, um, you know, I didn't talk about it because that, you know, like just the way I was raised, you know, like, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and I couldn't I couldn't do it like I didn't know how like it's like these this hole that I had dug for myself um by the bad behavior you know being uh subject to the system you know I used the system you know, being arrested a lot and being incarcerated a lot and being on probation a lot. You're a victim I, there, right? Yeah, I, I use that as my victimness. You know, I'm a convicted felon. I'm caught in the system. You know, like, I don't, uh, honestly, I don't get jobs. You know, like, I don't pass background checks and I use that as a part of my victimness to too perpetuate it for a long time. Yeah. And I just shackled myself so hard to where I couldn't move and I was paralyzed and, it really it really was just me you know seeking out my god and like i just had to take a motherfucking knee and say i don't i don't know where to go i don't know what to do um not really a, 
at that point a very good listener. People were giving me suggestions, and I was like, how is that going to help me? I don't know. But eventually I learned that, you know, I had to start somewhere. Right. And uh, I remember, man, coming out of treatment, um, I had I had just done, like, I had just got sober. I did, like, I was going through post-acute withdrawal syndrome. Didn't want to get out of bed, but I'm going to meetings, and I'm I'm doing the thing, and I got a sponsor, and I stayed sober, and then I had to go face all these charges, and they were like, you know, and I really, honestly, I, I thought I was going to skate, and the judge was like, you know, there's no way that I can't lock you up. You know, yeah, your criminal record is just so extensive, and like, I got to put you in, and I was like, son of a bitch. Like, what did I get sober for, you know? Victim, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, Go yeah. right to the victim. Because you were doing something to get something, not right. because it was it mattered. Right, so I come out, and I was like, I don't know what, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm on house arrest, too. And, you know, a guy in the fellowship was like, you need a job? And I was like, yeah. And I was going to community college at night, and uh, he was like, how about digging ditches? And I was like... <laughs> Really? And I was like, I, at that point, said, I got to start somewhere. You know, that's the thing. Like, I always thought, like, I was worth, like, no college degree, no real experience, but I'm worth 80 grand a year, you know? Right off the rip. That was my mentality. Right off the rip, yeah. And so I just was like, I can do that. And and I started digging ditches, and I would dig ditches from 6 a.m., to about 3 p.m. for about 10 bucks an hour and then I go to community college and I did it for a little while because it was in the fall and uh, I learned a lot. I learned that I had to dig my way out of my victim mentality. When I started seeing like like you're you're doing this, you're digging ditches, you're going to meetings, you're in junior college, and this was, you know, before the Patriot Act and all that. I still believed that I was going to get the career I wanted. Um, you know, I I had this feeling like this is working for me. You know, like I'm, some of the shackles were being broken, you know. Because you, you, you start with what you have, and you do it right now. And, and that really is the thing. You stop judging because that really isn't higher self that's saying, well, I shouldn't be doing this job. That really isn't even you because genuinely at our core, we really don't care. Like I like I said in our last episode, I didn't care that I was poor till somebody made fun of me for it. Then my ego was threatened. Right. Then it's fuck you. I got to fight you now. Now I'm comparing. Yeah, you comparing. Know, the, the so comparing will always. I shouldn't have to do this. The comparing will always affect my ego and my ego will always want to go into victim mentality. They have more than me and I have less. And this is why they have more because mommy and daddy gave them this or they come from this neighborhood and they came from this family. And if I have less, if I have the feeling of inadequacy, which is in the God-shaped hole, that's an automatic key for me to play victim. And now you can justify robbing a bank. You know, or you just can stay in fucked up. Yeah, you, know? you, you or that too. You, you can know? you can fight or flight. 
right. in that situation. Yeah. When, whenever you start to feel victimized, you go into a state of fight or flight. And whichever one it is, it's not healthy for you because the reality is you're not being victimized at all. You're not being victimized. That's that's what it was for me. Is I okay? So first, I have to stop judging people. I have to stop judging things, and I had to let go of my attachment to the way that I thought things should be. Easier said than done, right? And it's still a chore. Every in its daily work, every day I have to get up and remind myself who who I truly am, right? I, I'm I'm not my businesses. I'm not my kids. I'm not their success. I'm not I'm not all these things. Neutral light being. All all I am is I am. Right. That's it. Right. Cut cut and dry. And if I remind myself of that, I'm able to walk into any situation, like digging ditches. And I can be okay with it because I'm moving. There's something. There's something empowering about just taking a step against. You know when it's your ego chiming in saying no, 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 second guessing something that what could possibly be bad about digging a ditch? You know what I mean? There, there's nothing wrong with putting in some work. I can't think my way into changing. You can, no, you had. You had I have to, to live right. my. I have to live my way into changing. I have to live into change. I can't think it. If I'm just thinking about changing, I'll be sitting around for a while. And that's what a lot of us do because, you know, I I got that college degree and I really wanted to be a stockbroker. And, uh, you know, I believed. I believe like ah, that that background check going to be all right. It's going to be okay. Probably would be now. <laughs> the yeah, stock exchange today, you're and, good. You know, and uh, I remember going and interviewing with Merrill Lynch, and they were like, "Man, I'd love to have you in Chicago. We really like you." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm, you know, let's do this." And uh, you know, I waited a little bit, and he was like, "Man, your background check came back like some of it's sealed, like." What do you do, you know? And I had, you know, some felonies in other states. And uh, they're like, man, I can't hire you. And then I was like, I was shocked. So now, like, my dream, you know. So then I went to Northwest Mutual. I went to Edward Jones. I went to Wells Fargo. And I went to Chase. And they all said the same thing. And I just completely broke down, like, what am I going to do? And I didn't know what to do. And, uh, you know, I stayed stuck. I stayed stuck for a while until I just was like, you know, I think I better start my own business. Because if I can't get it out in society, if I can't be part of society, then I'll go do it on my own. And I gave a big fuck you to society, you know. And then I became... I I became addicted to not having a boss. I can hustle the way that my father's work ethic was ingrained in me. Being a a business owner worked perfect for me. You know, I it it, it just it was a a blessing to see what I could create and what I could do. The victim mentality was removed a lot. All I thought was now that I have this idea that I can change my thinking. By living the change, if I keep living the change, I can keep evolving. And and I sought out a lot of spiritual stuff to give me the tools to keep this progression going because I didn't want to stay stuck. I no longer wanted to play victim. When you start doing things, the victim 
mentality starts to dissipate. Small things, making the bed, you know, routine. And you don't have to stick to the routine, but getting up and making the bed is a big thing for me. Going to the gym, the five daily practices that I talk about, that's a a big thing for me. These are things that they're not going to change the world today. I'm, it's not going to change the world for me if I get up and make my bed. If if I, I have a, a big dollar client that's skating on its bill, then that's still going to happen, right? Right. But the fact that I get up and I put myself into a mentality that is positive, it allows me to take these things in stride because I'll I'll look. You know, I'm I'm always I was talking to uh to my girlfriend uh last night actually and. Uh, and you know she was telling me some of her problems and i'm and i'm listening and she says well why don't you ever share with me well i mean i'm that's i don't want to share that that's not something that these are they're not really problems to me i don't really have to you know the things that i go through it's i like to share life. in this it's way just it's, it's just it's just life you yeah. know if if it were so extreme to where i think i'm going to get stuck i'm going to share and yeah. you're not and it's going to suck because you're going to have to listen and but you know thing i do things like this and i write and whatever but i uh i'm not so the, the problems aren't such problems anymore they happen they happen but they're they're easier to navigate just for the simple fact that I made a choice a while ago to do things, to do small things that I wouldn't notice a result from immediately, but that I knew mattered deep down. That's that's how you start to break it. That's how I started to break it. Just little baby steps, little tiny baby steps, trusting the process, trusting that if I do these things, it's going to lead me to a greater place. Realizing that I'm stuck. That's the other thing. You have to realize that you're stuck before you can start to get unstuck. You know, the best tool, I think the best tool I learned early on was actually at Unity, Uh, Reverend Rob Robinson. I remember talking to him, and he was always that of, uh, watch how you speak. Watch what, what words you're putting out into the universe. If you're speaking in denials, that energy is going to radiate inside your energetic being and guess what your your vibration is going to be that of, of of a low vibrational being because I'm already claiming what I can't do and I'm already shifting myself downward and he was really strict about being conscious of like what am I putting out there how Am I judging others? Am I judging myself? Am I being too critical of myself verbally out into the world? And I think a lot of that really helped me shift from the victim mindset to that I'm, you know, a a child of God, that I'm a spiritual being, and that, you know, the abundance flow and being in harmony and alignment with the universe is possible with with work and and I remember you know he told me about you know this famous book we all know it the four agreements love it and uh man be impeccable with your words he was like always really like be impeccable with your words not just to others but to yourself yeah and I was like 
Ah, all right. So then I started to be conscious of how I was speaking and how I was speaking to others. And then I realized that I really needed a lot. I needed a big shift, you know. Well, and that was the point I was making last night is that the reason I don't speak these problems into existence, they already exist. They don't need my help. You right, know what I mean? Right. They don't. They don't need my help to perpetuate them. And I always t- tell people, you know, God don't speak English. Whatever you think this force is, doesn't speak English. Speaks frequency, right? So there's 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 intention behind those words. And if all you're doing is complaining about your problems, the universe is going to give you problems. Doesn't know any other way. It's because subconsciously that's what you're asking for. You're emitting the frequency of I have problems. The world is against me. You know, one of my favorite artists of all time, uh, Tupac, he did Me Against the World, right? right? right. And and I understand that. And it resonated with me because that's how I felt. I don't think he'd be speaking the same way now if if he hadn't been murdered. Right. But I understood that deeply. You know, the difference between Tupac and a lot of people who say Me Against the World is he was actually doing something to try to change that. You the know world. What I mean? so, yeah. so it's one thing to say Me Against the World, live in that victim mind state. And use it as an excuse not to propel yourself forward. It's a completely other thing to speak on that victim mind state and then do something with it. Try to spread, you know, some kind of. But um, yeah, man, it's it's uh, it's tough. You know, one of the big shifts for me as it pertains to what we're speaking about this week was a book called Radical Forgiveness. I I, I can't. Can't say it enough. It was a uh, it was a game changer for me. It really changed my life. I had been recommended the book on three different occasions. Uh, K- Katie actually gave me the book, and it sat on my shelf forever while I was doing other things that I needed to do. And I just, I just, you know, I, for whatever reason, one night something clicked, and I said, you know what? Let me read the first chapter here. In the first chapter, I, I was I was sucked in, you know, and it talks about. Um, with radical forgiveness, you forgive everything, everybody, because you realize at the core level we're doing a soul dance, right? Our souls have an agreement. If you're in a 10-year-long abusive relationship, whether you're the man or the woman, whether you feel like you're the aggressor or the aggressee, that's not victimization. There's a choice there. At some point – you're, you have to realize that your souls are doing a dance. There's an agreement that's been made. And the fact that you stay is that one or both of you are showing the other where you need to grow. And you're stuck. You're stuck. You're not being victimized. You're stuck. There, there is a choice. Now, whether you can see the choice or not, that's a completely different uh, subject. But the, real, the, the reality is the, victim is the victimization is mutual. When you stay in fear, those situations. Fear will victimize you. Right. You well, know? it's the same with the job. You know, you get right. stuck on it. Oh, my boss is a fucking asshole. You come home pissed off every day. My life sucks. My job sucks. Well, fucking do something about it, right? And it's easier said than done because doing something about it might mean, well, I'm going to be broke as fuck. I told you I was driven to the poorhouse because I couldn't let go of the fact that I was a filmmaker. I had other talents. I I, I could do other jobs. But the, the, the film incentives were gone out of Michigan. I wasn't obviously taking my kids to L.A. to try to raise them there. It's hard enough in Michigan with family around. So, But I couldn't get out of my mind that I was a filmmaker. Eventually, I wound up in the poorhouse. You know? I, I, I wound up because 
because I was too embarrassed to take those baby steps forward um, to find a, just a basic job, to, to get back into the workforce and figure out what that was all about. I had, I had to, there, there came a fuck it point and I call it the, you know, there, a switch flipped and I said, I was so afraid of being poor again that I kept myself poor. I, I, I couldn't see any other opportunities that were in front of me because I it was tunnel vision through fear. So I'm, I'm living this fear and lo and behold, it put me in the poorhouse into a situation that I'll never want to be in again in my life. But the only way I was able to rise above it was to say, fuck it all. I've been poor. I'm alive. Every day is an opportunity. I don't know how long I went through this to where I got to feel poverty again. I got to feel it and my kids were involved this time and it was tough and it just, it tore my ego to shreds, which was a good thing. And as the ego is getting stripped away and I, and I start, and I kind of go into more of a healthy survival mode, lo and behold, these opportunities start to manifest. It's because I let go of the bullshit and I, and rather than speaking lack and limitation, cause I was already kind of at my, it wasn't complete rock bottom. And for me it was, it was a spiritual rock bottom, but when I let it go, it's no coincidence that the opportunities started popping up. You know, a few few years later, my, my I have a multi-million dollar business, right? In an industry that I have no business being in, to be honest. Like in any of my friends that know it, they laugh like, what the fuck do you own this company? You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, when, when the ego was stripped out from under me, I couldn't play victim anymore because I wasn't hiding behind anything. Right. I, I, all I, all I, all I had before me, it was one of two things. I could have disappeared into a bottle and, and drank myself to death or done some other shit to try to try to mitigate this pain in any way that I possibly could. Or I opened myself up and it was in the opening myself up that I started to see life in a whole new light. But that's, that's in radical forgiveness. I learned that. Everything was a mirror. You know, it, it was all a mirror. It was all there giving me lessons. All I had to do is let go of the way that I thought things should be. This is part, partially uh, attachment. It's fully attachment. Victim <laughs> mindset. It's all, it's all relative, right? right? Like all these conditions, they all play into one another. But when I let it go, the universe opened up. And not in the way that I wanted it to, because truly our egos have no idea what's best for us but in the way that was best for me. And it was a beautiful thing. And I stopped judging. I was able to go back through all my relationships and truly thank my father, thank my ex-girlfriend, thank the mother of my children, thank you know all these people who in my little puny, egoic, narcissistic mind that I had left behind thought could have possibly victimized me. I let it all go. I was able to truly thank them for showing me exactly what I needed. But it was only once I was able to see and once the ego was beaten into submission. You know, there's a uh, there's this weird video on. Uh, it's not even weird. It's just weird's all right. Just happened to be what it was. But uh, Steve Harvey was talking one time after filming Family Feud. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, he starts talking about purpose. You know, he goes on to say, you know, like, uh, we all come to this planet with a purpose. And the whole idea of this life is 
to live that purpose. There's something, Vince, that you do better than anyone else on this planet, you know, and and God gave you that gift. And the whole purpose of being on the planet is for you to share that gift with others. Yep. And, you know, and he uses his example of his boy and his landscaping business. And, uh, you know, and he, he, he was talking about like how he owns like a multi-million dollar landscaping business down in Atlanta. He cuts lawns better than anyone else. Mm. But it started off where he had to jump off that cliff. Yeah. You know, I'm st- I'm stuck, right? I'm stuck in between victim and I want to be free. Mm-hmm. You know, somewhere in between there's a thin line of like I've uh, the survivor-ish type ego undertone. Mm-hmm. But there's a point, there's a jumping off point. And you have a parachute, you know. God is your parachute, but you got to jump off this cliff. And so you take that jump, and the parachute don't open exactly right on time. But you live. You start hitting them rocks, mm-hmm. and it hurts, and you're like, ah, oof. But the parachute eventually opens, and you are able to live your purpose that the universe or the creator has designed for you and that you are now sharing with the universe your gifts and then that victim mode no longer exists and that you are able to shed light on others and help them move past what they believe as their victimness and because a lot of times when you're in victim mode especially if you're narcissistic that's your truth it, it could, that's because your it truth. is like, to a certain degree if there's I some program, truth there. if i program it hard enough and i don't see a way out if i don't see the door if there's not a door around me i'm going i'm going to play it over and over and over again because i need the attention i need the sympathy i need the pity i need the world to revolve around me i need the attention see and that's a fine line for us to i'm i'm glad you said that because I when I first started delving into the spiritual, I intellectualized things. I understood them really well, but I couldn't implement them to save my life. So I could speak um, in ways that was inspiring to people, but I couldn't implement those things for the life of me into myself. And and in that, there was a lot of judgment that I had towards people that didn't act in like high and mighty judgment. So I would I would look at somebody who was stuck in the victim mindset, and lo and behold, I still was too and didn't know it. But and I would say, well, no, you just can't think that way. No, you got to just drop that shit. You don't do that to somebody. You know what I mean? That, right. Like I I didn't know any better then, and I had to learn and grow past that. But you have to do your best without lowering your frequency to meet people where they are, because like you said, there is truth to that. If you were victimized, if you were molested as a child, if you were beat, if you were, if you were, if you were a woman in in Saudi Arabia, I, like there's so many ways that people do get victim. You know, it, it, it's there's so many ways. So you have to sympathize with that without lowering your frequency to become an enabler of that, because you can tell real clearly that well, you're not being victimized right now, but you can't be brash about that either. And it, it, there's a very fine line there. And I think the judgment, the finger pointing, the high and mighty bullshit, that keeps people stuck, too. Yeah. We all have to take responsibility lot, for that. You know, I think a lot of the people that um, 
have been abused or, or, or sexually abused stay shackled and they stay quiet and they're in their own little prison. You know, my best friend um, was molested as a youth and um, he is extremely, he was an extremely talented basketball player and uh, became a professional basketball player. And I remember talking to him one time and uh, he was like, you know, I blamed my parents because they didn't do nothing. But he's like, you know what? Every time I dunked the ball, I saw, you know, the person who molested me. I saw their face. I was, I saw my parents' face. And, like, I just dunked on everyone. If I had to follow someone, man, I'd hack the fucking shit out of somebody. And, he, you know, he, he, he used this as a motivation. Mm-hmm. But in the same because I, I drove him to the airport this morning. We was talking about this. He said, I felt like shit inside. He's like, even though I was doing all these things, I still felt like it ain't going to pan out for me. Because you're still attached to it. Right. And, and, you know, he had substance abuse issue too. Like that trauma, hand hand. that trauma created this. So like, you know, play ball all year long and then just, you know, drink do cocaine in the off season season. you know a month before i'm gonna get into shape do whatever i gotta do do this you know and then i go play ball again and you know he was said that it wasn't till he got into recovery you know and and i i've known him long time and i knew something some sort of trauma happened you know when we worked the recovery process together but i didn't pry and i didn't get into it but there came a time where he found the healing through speaking about it, you know, and I remember he he did this talk and he streamed it on Facebook and his whole family was watching and, and I remember talking to him after that and it was like this huge mega weight just he's like, dude, he let go. He's like, man, I'm free. You know, he's once, like, once you, you know, stop hiding, brother, yeah. once, once you stop hiding you, and you can't give a shit about what other people think. And, and that sounds that sounds brash. Right. That right. sounds. But it, it's the truth. Like so Wayne Dyer uh, did a, a wisdom of the ages. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but he, he did a study. It was 60 plus of the, the most powerful thinkers in the history of, of the world that we know. So, you know, Jesus Christ, Gandhi. Um, he, he found three three uh, powerful traits that each of them possessed it, across the board. Martin Luther King, everybody. So they uh, they weren't power hungry. They were driven by a higher purpose. And the thing that resonated strongly with me is they were unattached to the good opinion of other people. Right. That doesn't mean you don't listen. If you're being an asshole, you want to know you're being an asshole. Right. But the good opinion of others, it's fucking irrelevant, man. And and you can't really free yourself. And in, in this is good for us personally on a personal level. This is recovery. This is what it is. We're not attached to the bad shit that's happened anymore. We've let that go. It's not to say that it doesn't exist somewhere out there. We're aware of it. But we're, we're on to some other shit now. And what your friend was experiencing was, okay, well... I'm using this. So if you're using that, it's still there. 
Yeah. It's still there and it's still haunting yeah. you. Doesn't matter how you're using it. And now you're overcompensating yeah. Satan by being a sport. It happens a lot in sports. That's yeah. what happens in acting. Lo and behold, I became an actor, right? I needed people to love me. And then when the shit doesn't go right and people don't love you in the way that you perceived in your brain, you fucking dysfunction. You go do drugs and you wind up dead. And I didn't. You know what I mean? But right. that's, that's, that's how the shit. So being unattached to the good opinion, being unattached across the board is the most powerful concept in Buddhism that, that, that I've ever grasped onto. It has saved my life. You speak of non-attachment, people think you're cold. It's That's not what it is. I, I think the universe is a beautiful place, and I see a reason for all of this in causality, but... It allows the nature of the universe to do what it does. We're without, the only things that block it. Right. Human consciousness. Because if I attached myself to someone or something or an idea or a job, chances are... There's going to be some sort of suffering involved because my ego is going to want to intervene in some capacity. It, well, it, uh, the ego will always want to either have possession of something or that's not working. It, it always has that. The untra- it's, it's about training the untrained mind. It's the mo- it is what it is. Right. And, and there are... Look, if, if just using the metaphor of the gym, there's no growth without resistance. There can't be. It's not possible. It, 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 we look at uh, the yin and yang symbol and right. we think, wow, how do they have that wisdom? Well, they weren't encumbered with all the bullshit they were encumbered with. They All they had to think about was human nature, why things were the way that they were. So, and, and I love in Buddhism where pain is necessary. It's a necessary component in life. Suffering isn't. Suffering is a choice. That's the perpetuation of pain after the pain has ended. I got a question for you. First episode was duality. Mm-hmm. What's the flip side of victim? The flip side of victim? Yeah. Detachment? So detachment and victim is the yin and yang. Well, detachment is the center, right? Detachment is the center. That's where that's where it goes away. I guess the flip side, if you were to say the opposite, it's what your friend did. It's the overcompensation. It's I'm not a victim. I'm a survivor. Right. And in, in an egoic manner. And so even like so, even the surviving is going to feed the ego. If yes. I label myself as Detachment a survivor, secure survivor. Right. Yeah, so if I'm going to label myself as a survivor, I'm still feeding the ego. I'm still looking for validation. I'm still in other way, right? In other yeah. ways, that's and socially it, supported, right? And it'll still keep you sick. Yep. You know, there's a clinician at my work that always he said the other day when we were talking about this that he always likes to use turning surviving into thriving. You know, that moving it forward, because if you label yourself as I'm a survivor you or surviving, you won't be able to get past it. You'll just it. be a survivor it's, who it's was It's another block. Right. It's another block. I'm a survivor that was victimized. You'll always have right. victimization. Right. There. Yeah. And, and I won't, my growth will be stunted. Yep. yep. Because of my ego's label, labeling myself, I've put myself in a box. Look at me. I'm a survivor. You know, the attention, the validation. So if I move past that. To where I'm thriving, where I'm no longer attached to labels. Right. I need to break the label mm-hmm. of how others have labeled me in the past, of how I have labeled myself, of how I even cl- look at myself. Non-attachment. Non-attachment. I, I, 
Not attached appreciation. Yeah, I, and I don't look at disease the same way. No, I know. People people say people say disease and and you can live in that space, right? Yeah. Doesn't matter what the disease is. If you say disease in the way that it's commonly accepted on the material plane, which is this thing outside of you that infects you and that you have no control over, that can be it can be alcoholism, that could be cancer. That yeah. but the, the truth, the truth of that matter is is we contribute to that. Our consciousness contributes to whatever manifests inside of us. Now, when we're kids, we don't have a choice. We're programmed. Things happen. And I, I don't know what relevance it has for a child to die of cancer. It doesn't make sense to me. I can't make absolute sense of that. I'm not going to try to. My ego will. My right, ego will try right. to say, well, that means this and this and this. But truly, I don't know. But what I do know as adults, if we've gotten to the point where we've where we're the age that we are, well, we've learned some things along the way, right? So there there has to come a point to where you start to take responsibility. And that's what the victim doesn't want to do. You don't want to take responsibility. You're offsetting that because when you take responsibility, fuck, now I got to work on myself and oh shit, I'm flawed in this way, this way, this way, this way. How do I fix it? Now the work begins. Fuck that, right? Like that's that's how you can offset that whole thing. But that is where happiness stems from in the human experience, it's in that work to get to the place to where you can identify. And that's what the programs do. You can identify your flaws objectively, stand back and say, ah, I see that. I see that. But you can't do that until you accept responsibility. I look at everything in my life now. Whenever something happens, I go into myself. I, I go, I, I get inside me and I say, what did I do to contribute to that? I don't care how victimizing on the surface it may seem. I don't care if it's a client who fucks me on a $100,000 bill just because. What did I do? What did I do? in my? How did I attract this to me? There, there's always an answer. So I did something along the way. Maybe I acted in a way that was codependent, and my instincts told me, no, nah, walk away from this deal, or maybe I was greedy, and I, I decided to listen to the dollars that probably weren't going to be there at the end of it. But on the surface, I could say, fuck him, fuck him. This person's this, this person's that. The reality is everything that happens around us, around us, we had something to do with. We had something to do with. After the point that we're born into the situation that we're in, once we're on our own and we're adults, we had something to do with it. If you don't like Trump being in the, the White House, you had something to do with it. I don't care if you voted for him or not. If you don't like rap music and the way that it speaks about women or you you had something to do with it you didn't say enough you know what i mean and that's an extreme stance you know but it's the truth right it it is it's it's the truth i take responsibility for everything and what what my universe is i had something to do with that be it good bad or ugly it's all perfect as far as i'm concerned there's um I have to always realize that everything is in divine order. Whether what I see on the TV, which, you know, I don't really like watching the news, but these things are all happening for a reason. And consciousness is shifting and awakening is happening. And in a consciousness shift and people being awakened there's going to be things that we find very objectionable where there is suffering that is being created and 
it's not just to stand by and watch it happen. The purpose is to awaken others to things that are going on. No growth without resistance. Right. You know, so here's your resistance. Do something about it. Right. And where does that start? You can be dysfunctional by trying to save the world, too. Because if you start looking outside of yourself for things you can save, I can promise you that there's something in you that needs some saving, right? I I, I did that for a long time when I started to grasp onto these spiritual concepts and intellectualize them. I I put all my effort out there because to look in here meant, fuck, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. I I, got to – so I would put it out there – and and that's that's what the news perpetuates. It perpetuates fear. the yeah. finger, the, the fear mongering, the finger pointing. It allows you to be victim. It allows you to stay there. Not just victimize, but divide everyone. Divide everyone into different groups. So that group's victimized Social, by that, by that, by that, culture, by that. ethnicity. Now we've got everyone divided, and now everyone can play the victim, and now you have a complete planet. Playing the victim. It's it's weird because if there are, is no conspiracy to this, right, which I, I don't know that there's a massive – I think human nature plays a big part – it plays the role, right? The human condition is the reason that things are the way they are. So it, it's interesting that we would choose this. It's all fear. And it's, st- it's stuckness. A, it, yeah, you know. Um, remember the recession. I remember it vividly. And in a recession, racism gets caught on fire. Mm-hmm. You know, got to blame someone. Got to blame someone. And so, if let's say white man, black man, right? White man, look at the black man who's got a job. That white man's going to be pissed because he's suffering. He doesn't have a job, and. You know, it, 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 it's all about the division, and they'll feed it on the media and, and, and continue this feud. But if we understand that every single human being is a reflection of myself, that when I walk into a, a basketball game, that 20,000 people, we are all reflections of each other and the universe, that we are truly all one. The system that is trying to divide us will eventually break down. And fuck that, says the ego, right? The, the ego wants nothing to do with no, that because shit. the ego says, man, the- I want what he has. I need, I need more than what he has. He's got a Bentley. I need a Bugatti, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's always a competition of the material realm. Once you understand that the material realm is only an illusion it ain't real. It'll only break you. Then you're going to step out. It's as real as you make it. You know, uh, one of my favorite quotes from from a movie of all times, it, it was in a blow. And uh, Ray Liotta says to uh, Johnny Depp's character when he was a kid, George Young when he was a kid, he, he says, son, he says money ain't real. People just think it is. Right. So... It's hard to argue that the experience that we're having is real. This is phenomena. We're in the realm of phenomena. I'm here. You're here. We perceive this as what it is. It's getting to that underlying truth, right? Causality is an act. There's, there's very few absolute truths, but causality is one of them. 
we all exist in relation to one another. Take us down to our subatomic particles. It's, we're all energy, right? Everything in this room is energy right now. The wall, it's all energy because of the Pauli exclusion principle. Our electrons can't penetrate this wall. I can't, you know what I mean? So, so there's, there's electronic impulses that separate us. That's it. That's the absolute truth. Also, we know that everything is frequency. Everything is energy. But try being confined to these electrons in this this cage right here called a skull with this brain that thinks it knows everything and an ego that pushes that agenda and a society that also pushes that agenda and step beyond that. Oh, my fucking God. That's breaking the cycle. And that's why so few break the cycle, because exactly what you're saying is where you got to go, how you get there. That's a whole different story. And what trauma is it that's going to push you to actually break that cycle? It took a lot for me. Or what are you going to hear that will motivate you to break the chain? Right. Let's see. I think we're getting the wave here. We got two minutes. You want to? You got anything in closing? Um, that if I resonate with my inner truth of who I really am and that I seek nothing outside myself that will fix my internal condition that the god the universe exists within me and that i can co-create with the universe i will be free and just to piggyback off of what you said if you truly know this if this if you decide to have this be your truth that you are connected to the source whatever you call that source it's impossible to be victimized. Things happen. And if you start to believe that they happen for you and not to you, you cannot be a victim. You can be Victor Frankl in a concentration camp where literally, materially, you were victimized every day, but he refused to allow those guards to imprison his spirit. If you piggyback off of what Sean just said and you get to that place, the victim mindset dissipates. You don't even have to do anything. You make those baby steps, and next thing you know, you're free. Human condition. We're, uh, we're signing off. Uh, we love your questions. Keep them coming. And, uh, and that's it. I just threw an uh in there for good measure. <laughs>